Auburn head coach Hugh Freeze said at his weekly presser to expect no significant changes on offense. Why? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. And happy Charlie Tuesday to all who celebrate as we are celebrating with Auburn message board legend, the Charlie Five, and in his extremely bougie refrigerator behind him on today's show. Stainless Hugh Freeze, you, you can tell, baby. Let's go. Hugh Freeze spoke to the media yesterday. Several things to talk about there. And then also, of course, a new commitment for the Auburn Tigers. We'll discuss what all that means. But the thing that stood out to me the most, and there were, it was two-pronged. The first is, he said, expect no significant changes to the offense on Saturday. And then also, that we'll still you know, expect to see both quarterbacks, Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford, on the field this Saturday. And I guess my biggest question is, like, why are we still doing this? right? Because I think you have to react to Hugh Freeze presser a little bit different than normal, because we've kind of already said, okay, he tell he's honest, he's telling the truth, and until he does otherwise, I, I think we have to treat it as such. It's like I don't feel like it's just a coach speak type thing, Charlie Five. Well, if there were changes, were going to be changes, what do you think he would he would share? I think you would word it differently. I think you would say, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I think we need to change our approach to a few things or. Hey, we we saw some things that worked. We're going to focus on those and maybe move on from the things that didn't. I think there were plenty of ways you could word that. Sure. Well, I don't think he told us that Caleb Burton was going to start. Uh, he didn't tell us that we'd have a shakeup in the wide receiver room. He didn't tell us that uh, Brandon Frazier was possibly going to be a part of the game plan moving forward. Uh, I don't know that I take as much away from that statement. Uh, I can see how it can be concerning. Hey, you're, you're saying you're not going to change anything and uh, look at the performances we've had uh, against Power 5 teams, especially the last three road games. Hey, lie to us or something. Like, say say we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. I, and then on the flip side, I don't really know at this point what a whole lot of things that you can change. Uh, it's not like he can just automatically go to calling plays uh, if he's not – you know, if he's not – already doing that, which I don't think he is, because he said it's not my terminology. It's 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 Phillips. It's it'd be like you uh getting on the Xbox and then playing a, a completely different play uh playing a completely different playbook that you're not used to, you know, calling plays of. It's it, it's it's just not that easy. So mm-hmm. A, I don't know exactly what all you can change in a week's time. And then B, I don't really know how much he actually would share uh, if that were the case, like I, I just don't think he would say I'm going to start Robbie or or no, I'm not going to rotate quarterbacks because then you just kind of you kind of know what to defend. Like at the opposing coach, you kind of already you, you've shown your card, so to speak. So I'm not I'm saying I get it. Yeah, I'm not saying that there are going to be changes that he's just keeping from us. It may be we may be at the point in the season where it's like, look, you just got to hang in there and try to get to a bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's kind of, it's kind of seems like where we're, where we're at right now. Um, and 
continue to build, uh, continue to possibly, you know, build the recruiting class and, and, and bring in better guys. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, a lot was made about the comments for Caleb Burton getting the start, and, and we talked about that the previous two shows here on Locked on Auburn. Props to Caleb Burton, but he played 11 snaps. Let's not act like he was this massive part sure, of the game sure. plan. They went to him twice early, then that was it. Why was that it? No clue, but that's that was part of what they designed, I guess. So, Also um, went to Camden Brown early, and then... Twice in a row. Twice, that's, that's and, then it, and, then didn't, and then didn't do it again. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... I don't know. I don't, it, that's another thing. That's another quick, real quick, real quick. That's another thing is like when you when we say things like we went to him and then didn't go back to him again. Does that does that mean that we just didn't think that they could make another play or they didn't get open again? Like that's sometimes I feel like that's something easy that we can say, but we don't really know how the rest of the game. We can't really know how the rest of the game played out. Like did Camden Brown uh, did. Did he did he play more snaps? Did he not play more snaps? Was he not open? Uh, it's just uh, so many things. I think we're so frustrated. We're just grasping at any possible thing that we possibly can, and and I get all of it. Yeah, I mean it's clearly not working. Like whatever's right. happening isn't working. Cam Brown played twenty snaps. Sixteen of them were on passing reps. So it's like okay, we've targeted on two of those in a row, but. Hugh addressed that after the game and said it was RPO and every other time they like moved the safety up and that kind of changed changed the play for the RPO, which is which is cool, right? I mean that that's what Hugh Freeze does is he he's the RPO guy and it's worked everywhere it's been. It's just not quite working yet, yeah, yeah. but we're, yeah, we're we're all we're all expecting it to eventually get to that point. So we'll see. I trust them still up to this point. But as far as the the two quarterback comments. I still, I, I'm going to be a little surprised if he handles the quarterbacks the same way, Charlie Five. I'm just going to be honest with you. In which way? Uh, with how even the snap counts are. I think it's going to be more lopsided one way or the other right now. So Peyton got 17 snaps. I'm sorry, Peyton got 48 snaps. Robbie got 17 snaps. And I think... It's going to be either more Peyton. You know, Peyton gets 90%, 90 to 95% of the snaps, and you take less Robbie. Or you give Robbie a ton more snaps, and maybe you start Peyton, and you give him a really short leash, and then once you put Robbie in, I think that's it. I, I just don't know how they can continually go back to the film and keep saying the best thing for Auburn is to handle quarterbacks the same way that they have been. Yeah, and I and I get that, and I tried to go back and like think about how that game, how the game actually went, versus when we were really having this conversation. And like, Cal to me was the worst it could be. The Cal was like we'd be on our own forty, and we'd swap in uh, on first. And I don't, I don't really feel like since Cal, it's really been the same. Like, like Peyton goes all the way down the field, we get to the red zone, we put Robbie in. Uh, Peyton was struggling. You put Robbie in for like two full drives in the second half. Didn't I, I think that's the way it started out in the second half? It didn't really go go like I, do, I just don't feel like there's really been this like it's it's not working. But I just don't feel like it's been a it's been the the whole um, anytime a, a quarterback switches, I feel like we're triggered to 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 I guess be against it. But I don't necessarily think it's just been like this whole. 
like someone gets in a flow and then you take them out and then you put them. I, I don't, it seems like Robbie is, is very situational until, you know, you, you got to have a spark and then they give it to him. They give it to him mm. uh, for a period of time to try to get a spark. And he did it. Uh, he did it to open the half and got us a field goal. I think right, right, right out of the, uh, right out of second half. But um, I don't know, man, I, it, it seems like they're just trying to find something, trying to find a spark somewhere and uh, just not having a lot of success doing it. Yeah. And then I think the other thing just as go as far as the you know, the offensive philosophy not changing a whole lot, like you can't go three drives before you run the ball. That can't happen again. Against an old miss team where their their makeup is similar to LSU, right? They were able to go toe to toe with them and score a million points to to win after LSU scored a million points minus 10, right? I mean, that was a crazy, remarkable game because both teams could score every three plays. They're similar. Now, the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you're playing at home in a place where Ole Miss hasn't played well at Jordan-Hare Stadium, which is great, versus playing LSU in Baton Rouge where Auburn historically hasn't played well. So I think that's a huge factor, and we'll talk about that over the course of the week. But as far as the approach to this game is you're going to need long drives on offense to keep yeah. Lane Kiffin's offense on the sideline. I mean, it's the same goal that you had against LSU. Yeah, and I don't know that I don't know that just simply running the ball is the is is how you achieve that. I th I think you can achieve it in a lot of different ways. You know, the first the first drive you start off with a false start, and then you have what I consider two great play calls back to back. You hit one, and you make a bad throw on the other, and then you snap the ball over uh, somebody's head. And then I don't know that our yards per carry was that incredibly impressive uh, against LSU. Um, but again, you, you got to slow the you got to slow the game down. You can't you don't want to get into a track meet again against Ole Miss and just hope that the atmosphere and the defense can sort of cause some turnovers, create some negative plays, and then you can you can convert a little bit more because we had – Hugh said we had four drives, I think, that we had opportunities to cut it to a one-score game. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we screwed up on three of them. And uh, then one they, – apparently they made a really good play on one and, and shut us down. So, uh, you know, if, if, you, if you convert on, you know, two of those, it's a, it, it could be a completely different ballgame. And maybe at home – that that helps. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, the average yard per rush was 4.1. Not terrible. And the average yards per pass attempt was five. Yeah. So you're, you're that's, that's kind of pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you weren't great either, right? But still, it's just that's to come out of the bye week with all that momentum. Um, you're, you're talking me off the ledge though. So I appreciate hey, that. Happy, think about Happy Charlie Tuesday. Thank you. No, so much. Think, think about this. Think about this. We, we came off the bye week with momentum and we gained, I think 13 yards less than the week prior. You had 13 yards total less of offense from week to week. And we feel this much different after this game than, than this one. Does that make sense? So like, it does, but but the context here is LSU's defense stinks. Sure, but yeah, but they got they still have dudes like they still and they've probably they've played some of the more explosive offense. Look, I get it, I get it. You should be able. It, I'm not trying to say it's acceptable, 
What I'm yeah. saying is you, you, you go out and you do essentially the exact – you have almost the identical game back-to-back. And one, we left feeling really good. And then mm-hmm. this one, obviously, we feel really, really bad because it got away from us early, and we obviously couldn't we, – we can't score – we couldn't score with them. So, yeah. um, All right. it's just perspective, I guess. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I think this, this is um, – I think that's enlightening. There's no question about it. We're booging on this, uh, on this Charlie Tuesday, as we always do. I love it. Uh, all right. Hugh Freeze or Phil Montgomery, let's talk about the whole play calling situation. That's coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Question, Charlie Five. Can you imagine hiring somebody and not using LinkedIn Jobs? That'd be just crazy is what it would be. Think about the candidate that you hired outside of using LinkedIn Jobs. How would you describe that candidate that's not using LinkedIn Jobs? Probably a bum. I don't know. Loser. A joke, yeah. Fire. But describe the candidate you would find or would expect to find using LinkedIn Jobs for free when you go to LinkedIn.com/slash Lockdown College. I'm gonna say five star, five star. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> LinkedIn Jobs they help you find it the is. qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com/slash Lockdown College. It's LinkedIn.com/slash Lockdown College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by our favorite type of wealth management, the Active Wealth Management. You can go to activewealth.com. You can check out our guy, Ford Stokes, one of the more handsome people on the planet, but he's also very handsome with your money. He's written several books, including our favorite, Annuity360, which you can go to annuity360.net for a free book. He'll give you this for free. Can you imagine, hey, here's how to like make a lot more money in your retirement for free? Here, just order my book. Exactly. I, I don't know how he does with, it. I sleep with mine. I've watched him sleep. It's true. It's true. He just cuddles it <laughs> like a little pillow. teddy bear. It's, it's wild. It's crazy. But uh, be sure, seriously, hit up our friend, Ford Stokes, activewealth.com. You can schedule a free consultation there, of course. Get his book for free. You have nothing to lose except for a lot of money if you don't do it. So annuity360.net for a free book, activewealth.com. Charlie Five, the the ongoing storyline, right? Hugh Freeze, this great play caller throughout his entire coaching career, gets to be head coach at Auburn, not calling plays, brings in Philip Montgomery to do so, right? That's where we are up to this point in the season. And the whole point of this is so he can devote extra time to recruiting and other things that are involved into building a program, which makes sense, right? I mean, you look at what Philip Montgomery's track record is coming into, and it's like, this makes sense. Until you look at the product on the field, and it's like, Auburn's not moving the ball consistently and scoring enough points. What do you do? So now the question is, and I ask you this question, is it worth it up to this point? Is it worth going six and six, seven and five? Because I do think Hugh Freeze calling plays wins you an extra game and a half or so. I really, I really believe that. Is it, is it worth it up to this point when you look at this recruiting class and we'll, and we'll talk about the addition of Jordan Crawford in the 2025 class in a, in a second, but is it worth it to you? Um, I would think if you watch, uh, if you watch Hughes press conferences, I bet he doesn't feel like it's worth it, but I'd, I, I honestly think that in the long run, it's going to be, I re- I really do. If Hugh calls plays, you may win. You may go what eight and four, nine and three at best. Ceiling, maybe. sure. 
does that does that does, does do recruits? I don't I don't know that I I feel like recruits are are a, a lot a lot more liable to 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 attach or, or have that connection when they have the, the you you can you look at it you get blown out at LSU and then look at our visit list for Ole Miss right uh, this upcoming year like is is winning is winning two more games or one more game one and a half more games is it worth all of the work that he's put in to be able to start repairing relationships building this we're, we're number six, if you take average recruit uh, average player ranking we're number 7 in the 7 in the country so like we we have 17 commits we're definitely going to add more we added one today for the 2025 class you have two of the top uh, five receivers in the country coming this weekend. You have two of the top JUCO players in the country coming this weekend, fresh off getting your tail beat at, at, mm-hmm. uh, at LSU. Um, I just I, I see him do a press conference, and I know that he hates it. Like I, you can see it in his face that he he's so competitive. He yeah. he hates this, but I I'm telling you guys, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Jordan Crawford and, and the pipelines and things like that that you can see him doing. I said when uh, I said when I was uh, when Brian, after Brian Harson's first year, I do not care about the the final wins and losses if the right things are being done. I do, mm-hmm. and, and you're and you're you're fighting your tail off to build this roster, and we're so behind that I just think he made I I called it a calculated. Error in a conversation, and somebody said, "How do you know it's an error when Good you point. don't when you don't know you don't see the end result?" So he made a calculated decision that, "Hey, look, is one and a half to two more wins this year worth what it's going to what it could cost me in time that I can spend on the road the, the Monday after uh, the Georgia game? It's our bye week. Now it is bye week, so yeah, you do have a little bit more free time on the bye week. He was in Birmingham. He made three or four stops in Birmingham. Then he went to Sarah Land." Uh, to watch Ryan Williams play, and then he went and spoke at like a touchdown club in Mobile, all on yeah. a all on a Monday. Okay, that's over 400, 500 miles of driving uh, in, in one day, and he, he does that stuff because he's not having to. You can't just like go pull out your Xbox. I, I, I made another Xbox reference. You can't just go pull out your NCAA fourteen game plan uh, and just start calling plays. Like it's a whole deal like it's a whole it's it devotes so much time the one week he said that he was more involved he basically said I lost a little bit of time recruiting I think that I think this year is going to be tough look and and you 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 thought you may may have hit on a ready-made quarterback and Peyton Thorne uh you got you you match that with an experienced play caller in in Philip Montgomery, and whether Peyton Thorne's a miss or it's not a fit with with Philip Montgomery, it's just not working. So look, you've gone this far. Let's get to six wins, seven wins, maybe, maybe get lucky, knock off Alabama at the end of the year, put all your eggs in that basket, but recruit your tail off and keep going the way it's going because there is a ton of positive momentum, and this weekend could just be another another brick in the wall uh, of this class. And uh, I, I think, again, I, I said calculated error. I think it was just a calculated decision. I don't know that it's necessarily an error yet. It's tough as fans, though, to be patient. Yeah, especially when you see everybody that you're playing like have these great years. And it's just, you know, you, you want to be a part of that, but you've got to do this kind sure. of stuff first. You got to do this kind of stuff first to get to that point. So hopefully... Hopefully they get there. Um, 
I think the talent's coming. I, I, I firmly believe that. I know you do as well. And we'll certainly see if they can get if they get one or two more guys they're going after. I mean, this is a top ten class, no matter what metric you look at. So Absolutely. we'll see. We'll see how all that falls together, and ultimately we'll see what happens this weekend against Ole Miss. Auburn added a twenty twenty five commit who's very good on the field, but you think it's bigger than that, Charlie Five? And we'll get your thoughts on that a little bit more in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you. By our friends at Prize Picks, Charlie Five you use Prize Picks. Oh, yeah. I use Prize Picks. Um, Charlie Five bought that refrigerator behind him by playing Prize Picks. Actually, one hundred percent off of it um, because he's so good at picking all of these stats. And you bet if it's over or under. You don't bet. You choose it. It's a game of skill, baby. Skill. Let's ride with yeah, Prize man. Picks. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's the most fun you've had up winning up to 25 times your money this football season. Charlie Five bet like $4, and he just kept winning over and over and over again. And oh, it turned into that stainless steel refrigerator that's behind him. So uh, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. We call it Charlie Tuesday here. Each Taco Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts a player projection up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Uh, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Charlie Five, Auburn adds 2025 defensive lineman Jordan. Crawford, he goes to Parker, he uh, which is in Birmingham. And this is a guy, he's a four-star stud. I mean, this guy is still uh, has a year and a half left of high school, and he's 6'1", 6'2", depending on where you look, 300 pounds, moves very, very well along the defensive front. But you believe this addition to the 2025 class is bigger than just his ability to play football at a high level. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, Jordan Crawford's an unbelievable, unbelievable player. I think he's a, he'll be a, a stalemate in the, in the, in the trenches for several years, you know, six, one, 300, but athletic enough to play, you know, on the nose or shade out, whatever he has to do. He's very versatile, but like, look, look, this is kind of the thing that I'm talking about on the Monday when Hugh freeze was in Birmingham, he was making stops at, uh, the the Birmingham version of like the madhouse training in 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 Montgomery where you that churned out you know uh, a Quay Rusal and a James mm. Smith uh, he's he's at the step by step training uh, facility Coach L with, yeah Coach L uh, and, and I think he, they even tweeted it out that he was there it's where all these Birmingham guys work out. You know, you got your Jordan Crawford, you got your uh, Jeremiah Beeman, Jason jo uh, Jones, who's already on the team. Yeah. Then, then you start looking, you got Caleb Harris, safety from Thompson, uh, who's going to be here this weekend, who many think it's possible he could pull the, you know, hopefully he could pull the trigger this weekend. You start a, maybe start a pipeline with Thompson. It's just so many things that re recruiting is just so much bigger than, uh, than just like finding a four star and go and going and recruiting them. It takes so much time and so much effort to foster these relationships. 
And then not only that, so you got uh, Jeremiah Beeman that you're going hard at that you feel really good that you could possibly flip in this class. You got Jordan Crawford. Well, then you got Naheem Offord, who's also on the exact same team, who's possibly going to be the number one player in the state uh, in 2025. Five-star corner, 6'1", 200-pound, you know, freak athlete. Like, these are the kind of things – that uh, it's like it, that could be that you know we'd always joke the, the domino the fault like the, this is this is kind of what we're talking about you know you get a player like this does it parlay into a, a Beeman then you get a Naheem Offord then you get a, a Caleb Harris then you got a pretty solid stronghold a couple of years down the road you're going to get uh, the quarterback from Thompson who's was an all world freshman whose name's leaving me Seaborn uh, Trent Seaborn yeah, yeah. um, you, you got you got him uh, you know. That, that could possibly fall in that mix too. So he it's comes just, down all the time. It's all too. about, yeah, he's here. He's here almost. He'll, I think he'll be here this weekend as well. Um, it's in, those are the kind of things that you have to have that you have, like that are, they're the small things that take time, that take effort, that a lot of times position coaches are doing. And our head coach is out there, you know, going head, like all these guys, you talk about their lead recruiter, it's you. Like Hughes, the one calling them uh, daily. You know, their position coaches are talking to him, but Hughes calling them daily. Hughes talking to them, you know, all the time. He's going to their workouts. He's going to their practices. Like this is this is what this is the way he felt he needed to come in and build this program. And we're obviously you're not going to you see the the results yielded immediately. But like this yeah. is the kind of stuff that that has to be has to be done. We are not even in the conversation with Ryan Williams if Hugh is not the number one guy uh, involved. And, like, we're almost, like, hoping that he reclassifies because he could, you know, met Hugh selling, hey, you could be our start, one of our starting wide receivers next year. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're that good. We need you that bad. But we're not even in that conversation if Hugh Freeze is not at the lead of the, you know, at the lead of that rec uh, recruitment. So, again, it's frustrating, but, like, you start to see little building blocks like this yeah. pay off, and, and, you, and you feel like hopefully it's going to be worth it to weather the storm, get to a bowl game, get better, and then maybe be able to hit the ground running with a, a young and talented team, add a few portal guys uh, that, can, that could supplement, and then in 2025 you're ready to go with a bunch of – Excuse my language. A bunch of badass sophomores and and and, and dudes ready to go play and ready to go uh, make a run for the uh, for the playoff. All right, I went into this totally Debbie Downer, and now I'm ready to book. Let's beat Ole Miss on Saturday, Charlie. Five, how can people give you some love, brother? Absolutely. Find me on Twitter at the underscore Charlie underscore five and the Locked On Auburn Discord every single day, or AuburnLive.com, uh, the corner message board, or weekly on the Dad by Golf Pod. Yes, and hey, uh, be sure to be a Locked On Auburn insider. You can text with me directly as well as kind of get behind-the-scenes scoop. I'm going to start putting more and more stuff into that. It's in the link in the episode description down below. Happy Charlie Tuesday to everyone. Tell somebody that you're booging today, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn.